This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au, with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Trader, trade, trader, Cobb Crypto Podcast. Podcast. This is the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. G'day guys, welcome to the TraderCom Crypto Show. We've got another amazing guest with us in Donna Riddell. Donna comes from a background of all sorts. I've just had a very brief chat with her. She's doing some amazing things within this space. It's also the past that she's done, things that brought her into this space that I'm really interested in. So thanks so much for being here. You're Donna. welcome, it's a pleasure. Would you like to give a little bit of an introduction on yourself, sure. where you've been, where you're at, and where you've come to? Sure. So I was uh, the chairman of the Com- Commodity Exchange in New York. We merged in with the NYMEX to create the largest physical commodity exchange. And anybody who studies exchanges knows that they have, they have merged and yep. consolidated. Uh, thereafter, I was the managing director of the World Economic Forum, most known for its meeting in Davos. Yep. We helped to create strategy relating to the membership there and create a, a, a nexus between business uh, trends, social issues, and and so forth. And I've been, since 2007, an angel VC investor, uh, working in that space, analyzing companies, which is a natural segue to get into blockchain, uh, cryptocurrency tokens. Okay, so you're in, we're here in blockchain world now. We're, we're right. looking at the businesses in, a, in the same sort of way, but it's a different type of industry. And it's evolving very, very quickly. And um, there's a lot of similarities being drawn towards the internet. Um, there's a lot of debate around that. What's your thoughts in that space? I mean, people that compare the internet, it's like the second internet. Do you see that as being a fair analysis or are we still a long way apart? Well, I think that the benefit that blockchain, of course, has is that it's being built in conjunction or over the internet. It couldn't exist to yeah. a large extent if the internet hadn't been laid before. We're not saying the internet is, is a perfect uh, architecture or landscape. I think when people say it's, it's like the internet, they mean that there's a lot of um, expectation, there's a lot of talk, there's a lot of energy, yeah. and that's fine. Some of the blockchain energy is some of it's going faster than the technology yeah. is going, but that'll catch up. Absolutely. Well, it's catching up at a very, very, very fast rate. I mean, just being at this uh, consensus this week, seeing the amount of people and having uh, amazing guests on the show, it's just taking so many angles. Now, for you, you you've been in the angel investing side of things, obviously. Right. You, you, invested in projects. What are the sorts of things that you're looking for? Because on this show we cover a lot about how many people are looking at the token more than the underlying business itself. We just had a brief chat on that. Would you share, share us with everybody well, listening? I think wherever you're investing in a company, especially a startup, which all of these are, yeah. you look. I approach it the same way we look at, uh, at investing in a startup from the angel VC world. You really need a great team. Yeah. That's the first thing you have to look at. How great is the entrepreneur? How great is the team he's building? How flexible are they? Because things are going to happen. Um, They're going to have to pivot and turn. And so you want to make sure that they have a a really solid uh, group together. The other thing, obviously, is you want to look at the business. What do you think about it? What's What's the competition? Does it really sound practical? And in the blockchain space, you need to ask, does it really need a blockchain? Well, that's a big one, yeah. Yeah, well, does it really need a blockchain? And then if you're looking and you, it happens to have a t- 
token as well, you have to ask, does it really need a token? Yeah. So um, you want to look and analyze what are the use of proceeds? Um, what, are the, what are they going to do with the money? How much money are they getting? Yep. Are they going to be able to layer it in in a, in a focused and, and, and organized fashion to achieve their objectives and their benchmarks? So I think that's very, very important. And is there any particular area that blockchain is going into or is in at the moment that you see as particularly, I mean, it's all very innovative, right? It's all right. very innovative. But is there any area that excites you the most at the moment that's drawing the most attention from your eyes as far as an investment point of view? Uh, I really like the infrastructure. Yep. And um, some of the companies that are looking to solve problems within the infrastructure or specific problems that exist in society that the utilization of a blockchain or a token for payments could could work on. Um, the very many, many, many exciting companies, and so it's hard to parse yeah. through because every entrepreneur is incredibly enthusiastic. Very passionate people yes. in this space, absolutely. That's one of the things that we have in, in, in this blockchain community that I've found. Um, that I think it's because it's new. There's a lot of enthusiasm, as you said. There's a lot of wanting to work together. Um, people looking over each other's shoulders and, and not telling them to go away. We, we, it's a very inclusive environment for the most part that I'm seeing out there. Um, I think it's allowing the technology to grow at a greater rate. Do we have issues here about the scalability of how we grow this? Because we've seen the prices go nuts. Okay, we've, we've looked at the speculation side of it and it's gone absolutely crazy. The space is growing really quickly. What are the hurdles that you see for this space before we can see I don't know, mainstream adoption or, or more use cases? What are the major hurdles? Well, one is infrastructure. I mean, how fast can a transaction go? You can't have everybody paying with cryptocurrencies now because the scalability isn't there at this particular time. The other thing, uh, and I don't know whether your audience is, is mostly uh, from the U.S. or overseas, we have a very big distinction now between the United States and overseas, yeah, particularly yeah. particularly in the capital raise. Yes. And, um, and I think that that's something to really be aware of because though it's not stopping innovation here, it is changing the dynamics as who can invest in those companies. Yeah, they've sort of started a little bit there, haven't they? It's, um, it's a sort of a half take on regulation in a certain way. Are you seeing potentially this country, the US? I mean, we do have a lot of listeners here in the US. Um, is, do you think they're going to sort of pave the way? Because there's all this conversation about what country is going to have the best... Um, I'd be so open to it. I spoke to a gentleman yesterday who was a big miner, and um, he had a, he was out of Canada because they were very, very um, open to it in Canada. Do you see the U.S. going down the same path? Well, it's good you point out Canada because Canada has been very open in mining. Yeah. It was very open in cannabis, and of course, yes, it's been very open in in Bitcoin, and and particularly because it allows banking mm. of those monies, which is very difficult still in the United yeah. States. Um, the United States right now there is for some people they think a lack of clarity relating to the regulation for the people that um, are taking a more cautious view they think that the SEC and the CFTC have given basic broad direction and they're complying within that which basically means that you are issuing securities yes so the the criteria in which to invest in those securities is very different than it was a year ago, not to say the criteria is different, but the way in which it's being handled is different. Yeah. 
to be more compliant. So there's a conversation about the utility and you know whether it's going to be a security. A, a lot of a lot of the talk right now is um, some people are saying Look, I have not read a white paper that is not a security. Um, what's your like weigh in on that for us? Because I know that there is a utility token that does need to be required to be used, and you can have proof of stake, and there's all sorts of things that are now in there that they're trying to stop it from becoming a security. Are you looking at this going, well, if whenever we're looking for a value increase and an investor comes in for that, it's got to be a security, right? I think the way right now you would proceed in the U.S., yeah. if you, and especially if you're taking any U.S. investors, even if you were foreign, would be that you would proceed as if it was a security. Yeah. The thing that you were taking money for makes it, a, the way in which you do it makes it a security. And it's possible that some of the tokens may be utilities, mm. but you don't want to necessarily, I'm not a practicing lawyer, you don't want to advise your clients to go down that route and perhaps run afoul of what the government may say later on. So I think everybody is trying to be incredibly, incredibly cautious uh, in, in this space. I do think, I mean, I have a, and everybody knows, I have a particularly strong regulatory background. And I think that having clarity and regulation is a positive um, aspect. Yes. It will bring more institutional money, yeah. more family office money. It will bring uh, many, many different other kinds of variations on the theme, whether it's ETFs, etc. I would assume that in in a year from now, you would see many of the regulated commodity exchanges and SEC regulated exchanges offering products yep. in and around the cryptocurrency uh, Bitcoin space. Yep. Uh, exactly what they're going to look like, I don't know. But uh, these are businesses that trade. And yeah. so if these instruments look like a security, they probably will be traded on a securities regulated exchange. And then there'll be many, many opportunities. And if you're looking at, uh, if someone's pitching you, for example, as a, you know, you're an investor, you're looking at it. Are you looking for somebody who is sort of following a SEC compliant securitized model just to keep yourself away from all that issue? That if it does, well, not, I don't think it's, so much uh, if, but when the regulation comes, are you looking for them to sort of at least have built around that framework of something that can sort of slot into that the, peg hole? The issue, the issue in the U.S. is the manner in which you raise the money. Yeah. So um, the money is now being raised under various regs. So one of them is a Reg D. There's some. Uh, I think the first Reg A's are being offered, are doing now. But for the most part now, it's gone up to that you have to be an accredited investor, yes, which is why you're seeing many more VCs enter the picture, yep. and they can take larger uh, amounts of any kind of offering, as well as you have many uh, companies that are doing not only KYC and AML, but then they're also screening to make sure that the person is an accredited investor. So it is a slightly more complicated than it was a year ago. It's, as many crypto people would think, it's less democratic yes, in that, that, you know, it is not open to everybody yeah. at this time. Okay. Well, we've definitely seen, I mean, you, I'm in Australia, right? So yeah. I, I see what's being rolled out and I own all these different groups and they're always asking the question, how do we get in? These, like US clients are looking to try and get in and if they're not accredited, they're finding it very, very There are ways around it, apparently. I don't really know, but, you know, it's the internet. Well, Australia has, uh, you know, a, a couple, two women um, that I was talking with and I've met several times, both of which are using blockchain. One um, is, one is Everledger. 
Yep. And she does uh, diamonds and, and precious stones on the blockchain. Yep. She hasn't issued any cryptocurrency. And from our conversation, she doesn't plan to. The other um, woman fantastic is uh, she does Intimate. Yep. Um, and she is has, has a token for a very specific payment reason for her model of a project and, and business and who her users are. So they you, you can have a company and entrepreneurs, they both happen to be Australian, yes. where they are using blockchain and or token for very specific reasons in their business plan. And when I look at any business, I want to see how they're using not only blockchain or token, but I want to see how they think it really yeah. scales over time. So you spoke, let's touch on this quickly because look, for, for me, I've got two daughters. Um, I, I've, I speak with some people in Australia who are very passionate about getting more women into this space. I literally on my show yesterday put a war cry out that after I'd been walking through the consensus, I was like, we need more women in this space. This is molding the future. We're, we're creating a whole new ecosystem and a whole new way of not just doing business, but interacting as well. How do we how do we make this more attractive? I mean, I know that a lot of the there's a lot of immaturity on the internet side of things, but when it comes to that, they can you know we all try and ignore all the rubbish that's out there. How do we get more women into the space? Because it seems I, to be lacking. I, I, I think this is I think this is a misconception. Okay. Um, I I was at a I woman. Hope you, in, I hope you're right. I was at a woman in blockchain meeting last night, uh, and there are lots of women in blockchain. There are numerous lawyers that are women in blockchain. They just don't get invited to the panels. So you'll have five men lawyers yeah, okay. and one woman moderator. You need a number of those lawyers to be women, yeah. and you need a male or female uh, uh, moderator. But it is the it is the integration <clears throat> of the women into the core infrastructure of the conferences that gives them the visibility. Yes, and okay. so every single. I think since not only the, every single conference should ha double check and triple check its uh, panels to make sure it is diverse, not only in terms of male, female, yeah. but across across the uh, ge geography and across the, the racial zones. I also think that um, we have a, a, a list and we're growing it. We're going to put it and post it of over 200 women and every single area in which they're great at and what we also want to see is not the same women each time being at a conference yeah. we want to use many of the women not just the same 10 or 20 of them yep. all over again last uh, weekend there was a big women in um, in blockchain conference and that conference should be smack in the center of yeah. consensus not a separate off on, yeah. not off on the side but I think um, encouraging those women to be in the conferences and the conferences putting them and billing yeah. them. Also the companies, every company, I don't care whether it is a, a blockchain company or another company, should have women advisors, they should have women employees. And, and I feel that given my long history of being a woman who was sometimes a first, yep. I call that out. I, and yep. I think that everybody should try and do that and start to correct it. Well, I can tell you one thing, I was at the Ethereal Summit um, God, it's been a long nine days, I'll tell you the most. It, they were there's great. a lot of women, a very diverse cultural and, and sex-wise. There was a lot of males, lots of, lots of females. I had some amazing women on the show. Uh, but that seemed like one that had sort of hit the nail on the head. They, they, the mix was really, really good. Well, the, the, part of the reason is, is that the consensus from almost its onset has tried very hard to make sure that there's women in blockchain. And my friend Tessie Marin started women in yep. blockchain. 
and they are a very inclusive group of people, supportive group of people, trying to constantly get women not only involved, but promoted to visibility. Because it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, we talk about crypto being inclusive. That's the whole point. We're taking power back, we're being inclusive. Everyone's involved. We can connect everybody through the use of the blockchain and trust the society. But then we go and see six men on stage with one woman panelist. It's like the message and the, the, the execution in those sorts of arenas it, it just seems strange. And when I was walking around in the event, overwhelmingly the, the people that were attending were men. Um, I don't know what that is. I'm not sure if it's because there's, there's less female investors or if they just feel like they don't want to come to an event like that because it does feel so male dominated. Well, I, I can say, and personally for me, I didn't go to consensus because I knew it was going to be oh, a time. It was going to be a little too crazy. Yeah, I was. had a great time at Fluidity and yeah. I had a great time at, at the Ethereal yeah. um, conference. Um, and went to a lot of um, really high quality events in and around New yeah. York on tokens, on social, on social um, enterprise. There were many, many highly respectable people speaking all over New York. And I thought, me personally, I would get more out of that yeah. than be in what was a little too much confusion. Uh, well, perhaps we, we went yesterday, and uh, I didn't go day one, day two. And yesterday was meant to be my day off, but we hadn't been there. I thought we got to go and check this place out. And wow, um, it was it was as you say, it, it was overwhelming. It was so full on. Um, I don't know how people do that for three days. It would have just been so intense to have gone through everything because everyone's trying to sell you something. I mean, look, it's a great event. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not a good event, but I, the the Ethereal Summit um, that felt it felt more comfortable. Uh, it was more of an agenda about education as opposed to everyone trying to sell you something. And um, there was a lot more balance, like we said, but the, the audience there was a very different audience to the consensus audience. It was a very, very different feel at the Ethereal Summit to what the consensus audience was. Well, obviously was. I can't compare because I wasn't at uh, the other one. Um, I, I do th wanted to bring up a point that you and yeah. I talked about uh, just prior to sure. your, your podcast, is that um, education. So yeah. I told you that I was now going to be a professor yes. at um, Fordham, which is uh, a university in New York, both at the course on blockchain, cryptocurrencies, and tokens will be offered both at the Graduate School of Business and the Law School. And you're increasingly seeing courses offered at the best schools yeah. uh, throughout New York and, 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 um, and the tri-state area. I, I, do believe that they're also mushrooming in, in mushrooming in the West Coast and in other places. I know that Oxford has two-day sessions and That's workshops, great. et cetera. So I think that one of the ways in which to include people is to have more and more education, to be having younger persons think that this yeah. is a profession, yes. that getting into <laughs> blockchain and building companies on the blockchain is a future. Yeah. And when you see legacy companies such as IBM, um, IBM Maersk. Maersk created a joint venture with IBM for yep. the shipping logistics. Yep. You also have the food companies that are doing uh, their blockchains so that you'll be able to know more about some of the critical issues of the world, which are food safety yes. is, is a big one. Um, I just want to see what we can do about climate. Well, that's we could go down a rabbit hole for that. We could talk about that all day. It's something I'm very, very passionate about is right. that whole space. Um, in Australia, we have this wonderful uh, desire to wreck the Great Barrier Reef at the moment by putting a dirty great big coal mine right smack bang in front of it and putting ships through it. I'm a surfer, I'm a fisherman, I'm a spear fisherman, I love the ocean, I love the water and it just does my head in that our government can be so 
backward in that space. So. I'm glad I enjoyed myself twice and seeing the Barrier Reef years ago. Yeah, it's not going to be around for too much longer by the look of it, unfortunately. I just hope my kids get to see it, maybe their kids' kids as well. It's, we've got a lot of work to do, but Donna, it's been an absolute pleasure having Thank you on you the show. Thank you very much. I always ask my last, my guests one last question before sure. they go. I hope they're um, not a trick question. No, it's not a trick question. It's just a bit of fun. Um, obviously, we, we did touch on it before about uh, the internet being compared to blockchain. It's just because of the growth, and I think it's trying to help people to understand that this is something that is new. You might not know too much about it but the internet was the same now we sort of saw the rise of the internet in 1993 to about 2000 which was the birth of, of the whole thing when it sort of boomed and bust basically when we talk about blockchain where do you think we are at the moment 1993 or 2000 somewhere in the middle oh, you're in the very beginning I, I think one of the reasons that blockchain got so much notoriety so quickly was because of the money raises yes and that is a good thing and a bad thing so some of that outpaced the mm. infrastructure development so i do think there will be great strides made in in the next 18 months and hopefully fantastic companies will come out of that so uh, i would look cautiously yep. get educated and uh, think about where you see the opportunities i agree so we're 93 or 94? 90, where do you oh, think? I think what, you're yeah. about 95. 95. Yeah. Okay. Donna, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Uh, would you like to tell anyone where they can find more information about you, your education, what you're doing at the moment? Oh, sure. You can just look me up um, on, on LinkedIn if you want, Donna Riddell, and uh, good luck. And I hope to hear all good news about things you're doing in the future. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank pleasure. you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks, guys. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Check out TraderCobb.com because experience matters. This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Views are of the advertiser, not Trader Cobb or the audio presenter.